So good morning listeners and welcome to Come and See Inspirations being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Arda and this the 19th of April. It's the second Sunday in Easter, otherwise known as Divine Mercy Sunday. So good morning listeners and welcome again to another edition of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley and joining me and helping me out and trying to guide me as best he can with the programme, Shane Abrodes. Good morning to you Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? I'm good. I can't complain now. Thanks be to God. And in these trying days and so on and so forth, uh, we thank God for the ability to be able to join each other this morning for another edition of, of Come and See Inspirations um, being broadcast here in Sacred Space. We want to welcome, as usual, our listeners, especially those who are housebound, lonely and struggling these days in some way. Over the years, we've often mentioned housebound and lonely and struggling people, but especially these days because of this COVID-19. You are in our prayers, and we thank you indeed for your support. So our, our programme is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And it's available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at buzzbird.com. Also, if you Google, um, actually, if you Google "Come and See Inspirations," you'll find us there. Also available on Spotify and iTunes. Now, during this cousin, cousin, current restrictions, um, where um, we can't, be, we're not able to attend daily mass, uh, sorry, Sunday mass in our local churches. Um, we are grateful and thankful to West Limit One or Two Local Radio, and also to. Um, Tony, Father Tony Mullins in Abbeyfield and the parishioners in Abbeyfield Church for allowing us to broadcast live at 10 a.m. Mass each Sunday here on Sacred Space. Uh, Father Tony and his parishioners have, great, have graciously agreed to change the 9.15 a.m. Mass to 10 a.m. to facilitate us. And this, of course, is for those of our listeners who don't have access to internet and would like somehow to be connected with Sunday Mass. So we think again, Father, Father Tony Munnins, for that. So we'll continue that for the foreseeable future. That's just on that, John, mm-hmm. um, just, just, just to say to people, um, we're not quite sure, but the 10 o'clock uh, Mass in Abbey Field is very popular in West Limerick. Um, I think it's mainly because it's one of the few parishes that has a live stream. Mm-hmm. So for people that are listening and watching it on the internet, it's just to be careful of it, the fact uh, there's a huge demand uh, for that 10 o'clock mass, and sometimes it's too much pressure for the computer hardware that's keeping everything going. So just to bear that in mind, if you're if you're watching, don't keep hitting refresh because it clogs up the whole system. Uh, and they're 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 working on and trying to make sure that there's enough space for people to be able to watch it uh, when 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 the live stream is on on uh, Sunday morning. Now, as John said, the 10 o'clock mass is broadcast here on the radio as well. It's on the live stream. But John, don't they have a 12 o'clock mass as well? They do. They do. Yeah. They do. But, but we thank Father Tony for that. And just on what uh, Shane has just mentioned there, yeah, um, for the first few weeks when we were broadcasting uh, mass from, from Abbey Fair, we did, in fact, um, we found problems ourselves. Uh, but Father Tony, I know, told me that he had uh, engineers in during the week that have identified a slight little problem there, so things should improve. The sound last week, I thought the sound last Sunday was was exceptional. So again, we thank Father Tony for that. And just to let listeners know, Mass is available at 10am from Abbeyfield, and it's broadcast here in West Limit 102. If people don't know in your local area, you might let them know they might want to tune in. The programme, our normal programme that we normally, that, that we still continue to record... 
um, is is uh, is also broadcast at 11 p.m. a normal 11 p.m. slot on Sunday night. So 10 a.m. mass it's Sunday, 11 p.m. is a normal program. Again, we'd like to, uh, people to, to to contact us with um, maybe some inspirational thoughts you've got in terms of programming here and on Sacred Space. Text us 87 or sacredspace102 at gmail.com. I'll just give you that text again, 087-6088-667. Just want to remind listeners again, again, we're thankful to West Limit 102 for um, allowing us to, to broadcast the rosary uh, each weekday, Monday to Friday, uh, just after the 1pm news on West Limit 102. Uh, that's Monday to Friday, one about five past one. The Rosie by Dana and Father Kevin Scanlon, and that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We hope to continue that for the times of the restrictions uh, for, for COVID-19. Um, I think that's about all the little bits and pieces i got to share, Shane. I don't know, what do you want to share yourself? Um, yeah, no, it's just encourage people as well, just to look around. Uh, if, you, if you're if you lucky enough that you have internet access, churchservices.tv is the website. And in Limerick, so the churches that live stream is St. John's Cathedral, the Redemptorists, the Augustinians, Raheen Parish, Abbey Field, and I'm missing two, John, Glenstall, and... St- yeah, there's another one. I'll think of it again. So just just to look around, but it's it's interesting. It's just interesting the amount of places that are actually streaming online. If you look, there's masses during the day. There's rosary. There's adoration. Uh, there is liturgy of the hours, morning and evening prayers. Now, the one thing I would say to people is, if you have somebody that is uh, cocooning in particular and might not have internet access, maybe to think about ways we're using, observing social protocols and all the rest of it, um, that maybe to give them uh, internet access we're using a tablet or a laptop or whichever, uh, if you haven't had a chance to do it so already. Now, in terms of the calendar, John, where do we stand this week? Now, it's hard to believe it's 12 months actually since the fire at Notre Dame. Wow. Where have Yes, well, I was the same during the week. I was, my God, where did that 12 months go? Last weekend as well, I thought it was very interesting. We had history in the sense that her uh, Queen Elizabeth II gave a lovely Easter message. It was the first time she's ever given an Easter message. Um, and it was, I thought it was very interesting. Of course, uh, her message, sometimes at Christmas, is kind of very generic and very, 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 you know, very, you know, happy Christmas as, both, as, as Christian as it gets. But of course, we have, you also have to remember Queen Elizabeth is also the head of the Church of England. And I thought her message on Easter was very strong from that point of view of setting out what Easter was about and the fact that it wasn't shut down just because of COVID. So if anyone wants to, anyone can get to see that. It's only about two or three minutes. That's it's all. Well, mm-hmm. It's well, mm-hmm. well worth to listen. Obviously, of course, Pope Francis last weekend, the Urbi at Urbi from, from St. Peter's and the, the Mass from the altar of the chair. Um, so uh, so just, just interesting times. Now, on the calendar, uh, today, as John said, is the 19th of April. It is the second Sunday of Easter. It used to be known in the old calendar, the 1962 calendar, as Low Sunday, as opposed to the High Sunday, which was Easter Sunday itself. In the, in the Novus Ordo calendar, that's the current calendar that we use. It's the Sunday dedicated to Divine Mercy, uh, following the revelations to Sister Faustina. And, of course, the 3 o'clock devotions will be happening today. Um, for, well, people are encouraged to participate, obviously, remotely in the 3 o'clock devotions. Um, it's for those praying the Psalter, we're on week two. And, of course, today is obviously the last day of the Easter octave. 
Um, now, uh, no, we'll talk about that in the gospel. I'll do that afterwards. So, Monday, the 20th of April, is the feast day of blessed, I picked out a blessed, James Bell. Uh, English saint, one of the martyrs of Oxford University, was hanged in 1584. Educated at Oxford, he eventually conformed to the Elizabethan settlement and served as a minister in the Church of England until he was reprimanded by a Catholic woman for abandoning his vows. Excuse me. He returned to his Catholic faith and then he was spent two years ministering to impoverished covert Catholics in England. And he was, as I said, he was hanged in 1584. The 21st of April is the feast day of St. Anselm. Anselm is one of the great doctors and bishops of the church. He is an, he's, he's an Italian saint, but associated with Canterbury in England. He was born in Lombardy, joined the monastic school at Beck in Normandy in 1059. And he succeeded, he's, he was, um, he became the Archbishop of Canterbury. He was exiled twice and he died in 1109. Now, the man is very well renowned in um, theological circles from a historical point of view because he defined theology as faith-seeking understanding and understanding-seeking faith. Then on Wednesday, we have the feast day of St. Abel Macaw. Now, as far as what I can tell, which isn't a whole lot, she's a holy Irish woman and no other information is available. And her feast day is the 22nd of April. So that's, uh, that's what we have on that. Uh, then on Thursday, the 22nd, now we've two ones here, John. The first one is the first one. I suppose is we should wish a happy feast day to people in England, not not the United Kingdom, not Great Britain, in England, because it is the feast day of Saint George, who is of course the patron saint of England. George is venerated as a soldier saint in the Holy Land, where he was probably martyred around the year 300. Now it's an interesting one. He's also the patron saint of quite a number of other countries, including Georgia and Russia. He's very popular amongst the Orthodox Church. Uh, when I lived in Lebanon. On, many many churches were either dedicated to St. George or dedicated to St. James and he's, he, the icon of him killing the dragon is in many many homes uh, then on Friday the 24th of April we have the feast day of St. Fidelius of Sigmaringen he's a Capuchin who went to preach the Calvinists in Switzerland and he was killed by a group of extremists in 1622 and then finally John on next Saturday is the feast day of St. Mark the evangelist. Of course, Mark is very much associated with, obviously, the Gospel of St. Mark. Generally, by tradition, is said to have been the first uh, Gospel written. Uh, by tradition, very much associated with the preaching of St. Peter, Paul, and Barnabas. Uh, his, his Gospel was probably written in Rome when he was with Paul, and it's generally seen, as I said, as representing St. Peter's approach to the preaching of the good news. Uh, and he is, his symbol, of course, is the lion. And he's very much associated with uh, the city of Venice because, of course, uh, that is uh, one of the cities that has him as his patron. Now, John, a new thing we're going to do with the saints, and I won't do it for every week, but just now and again, is to so talk about food associated with the saints. Okay. So this week, um, I got a – now, the only reason I'm bringing this up is I was given a gift of a recipe book, of, and it's called – uh, saintly feasts. So that's why I'm bringing this one up. So one of the saints mentioned is actually St. Mark. And it's associated with him is spiced stuff pumpkin. Now I have to say it's an interesting one. However, the uh, the good text does not give me an explanation as to why stuffed pumpkin is associated with St. Mark. But the recipe looks quite nice. You get a pumpkin and it's stuffed with peppers, mozzarella, ginger, garlic, 
and various different herbs and spices. I have to say, it sounds really, really, really nice. But anyway, so we might try that and see how it goes. So, John, that's what we have in terms of our celestial guides this week. Okay, Shane, thank you very much, Dee, for that. So, at this point of the programme, we might have our spiritual communion prayer. And that, as we as we know, as we always have done here in the programme, is for those who can't receive Jesus in the most blessed sacrament this morning, which really is effectively us all. So this is the spiritual communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now it's time to go for our first bit of music. First bit of music. The first bit of music we're going to play this morning is something that actually I, I, I was pleasantly. Uh, it was pleasantly suggested to me that maybe we should play this piece of music to, to end part one of the program. This is by Dolly Parton, and this one is entitled "He's Alive." So let's hear this. The gates and doors were barred, and all the windows fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound, half in hopeless sorrow. And having fear the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. And just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle and a voice began to call. So I hurried to the window, looked down into the streets, expecting swords and torches. The sound of soldiers' feet. But there was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. John stood there beside me as she told me where she'd been. She said they'd moved him in the night, and none of us knows where. The stone's been rolled away, and now. Oh, but something strange had happened there Just what I did not know John believed a miracle But I just turned to go Circumstance and speculation Couldn't lift me very high Cause I'd seen them crucify him And I saw him die Back inside the house again, the guilt and anguish came. And everything I promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came to choices, I denied I knew his name. And even if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same. Then suddenly the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume. The light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. And Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. Then I fell down on my knees and I just clung to him and cried. 
And welcome back, listeners. Uh, my name is Shane Ambrose. Welcome back to Sacred Space, a Come and See Inspirations production here on West Limerick 102. And this morning, we are delighted to welcome to the program Jane Mellis. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Shane. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Now, Jane, you are the Lodato Sea officer with Trocra, I understand. I am indeed. Now we're going to unpackage that a small bit for people that kind of explain where we're going with this. So a couple of years ago, uh, Pope Francis published, I think it was it an apostolic exhortation or an encyclical called Laudato Si. And this year, as observant uh, listeners would have noticed, po- uh, Bishop Brendan Leahy also wrote the Lintron Pastoral for the Limerick Diocese on the whole, uh, on the on the on the papal letter. Now we're, it's five years, so and we're coming up. I understand Jane to a particular special week in May, so that's one of the reasons why we're covering Laudato Si on the program this morning. But before we start, I suppose a small bit about yourself. What do you do? What are you involved with? What's your background? Just to introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. So. Um... Well, for the last number of years, I've worked with Dublin Archdiocese as a parish pastor worker and uh, found myself um, heading up the project for the World Meeting of Families, which um, was promoting Ladado Sea. So it was called, the project was called Our Common Home. And that has sort of led me down this uh, Ladado Sea road and becoming more fully immersed in the in the documents and has led me into Trokra. And my role is really to promote the documents um, in faith communities across Ireland and trying to motivate and and mobilise church into taking action on the environment as a result. So it's quite, it's been quite an interesting journey. Yeah, I can can imagine so. Um, Just in terms of, I suppose, people will say, well, why are we looking at it now? And why are we bringing it up now? And, you know, when you and I were tit-tatting during, tech-talking during the week about uh, preparing for the interview, one of the things I was saying was at the moment, with the whole COVID thing that's going on, people have time, I suppose, just to pause and catch their breaths. We're not rushing around. We're not doing a whole lot at the moment. And I suppose it's also an opportunity for us just to think about the way we live our lives and how we live our lives and 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 everything that revolves around that. Because, of course, when we come back after COVID, when we start to, um, I suppose, move out of the restrictions, um, it's going to be a very different kind of normal for us. Um, but as well as that, one of the things that well, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why we wanted to talk about, it, of course, was those some of those amazing pictures from around the world mm. of the impact of the shutdowns. Absolutely, and I was just looking at some of the images there this morning, um, where you have, you know, cities um, and 
their pollution levels so that they're showing images side by side of, of cities a few months ago compared to right now um cities like new delhi bangkok and um the difference in the air quality um is enormous and um i suppose people are are even commenting on how even in Ireland, they can hear the bird song seems louder or they're noticing the flowers more. Um, it's so quiet everywhere and things have really slowed down for everybody. Um, and I think after the initial shock of, of the shutdown, um, we, we seem to have entered into this national retreat almost. Mm. Um, so people are certainly aware of that and becoming more aware of, of cleaner air, um, of slower pace of life. Um, and so on. So I think we're being given a sort of a snapshot of of what's possible. Like there's that famous phrase from from the author um, Aaron Dahi Roy that came to mind when I saw those images from the cities. And it's, it says she says in it, another world is possible. And on a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. And it's a beautiful phrase. Um, but I think we're really being being shown, you know, what the world um, would look like if we just went that bit slower, if we were just more conscious of our environment and really working together um, for a cleaner and more sustainable world. Um, it's, it's quite an interesting time. Now, I suppose people will be aware very much there was the whole um, extinction campaigns that were going on before before the shutdown happened mm-hmm. but what people might not be aware of and i suppose that that's and that's what we keep talking about we keep referring to this co- thing called laudato sea what is laudato sea so um laudato sea is a letter it's an encyclical written by the pope to every single person written on the pl- or sorry every single person living on this planet um, so papal encyclicals are usually written to Catholics worldwide um, on some aspect of church teaching or church doctrine. This particular letter, uh, Laudato Si, on care for our common home, is its full title, um, is written to everybody uh, because Pope Francis says we need a conversation that includes everyone, a dialogue on what is happening to our world and what we need to do about it. Um, the phrase Laudato Si is actually taken from a prayer from St. Francis, uh, the opening words of a prayer, Laudato Si Mi Signor, which means praise be to you, my Lord. Um, so it's that famous prayer uh, from, from St. Francis. And um, yes, yeah, so Laudato Si literally means praise be, but it's it's a it's an urgent call for everyone to, to take action um, on the environmental crisis. And I suppose I suppose one of the questions would be where you know it's 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 some people would say well that's a political issue or that's an economic issue or like where how is it why 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 is the pope getting bothered about it yeah that's a good question I suppose um it's it's really it's a piece of good news where we now have faith communities entering into this debate um and Pope Francis in the documents describes the roots of the environmental crisis as deeply spiritual. Um, He says, we all need to look into our own hearts where our relationship with the natural world is concerned. So that's the first thing. He's describing the roots of the crisis as a spiritual crisis, um, that we've forgotten who we are, where we're from. um, We need to get back to our roots. And I suppose in the document as well, he also talks about the responsibility we have to care for God's creation. 
that our theology in the past may have been interpreted as us having complete control um, over nature, that we can do what we want with it. And I suppose he's trying to redefine that and say, no, we are carers of creation. Um, we are there to, to, to till the land, but also to protect it. We are custodians of the earth for future generations. So um, he's coming at this from a from a scriptural point of view and from a deeply spiritual point of view as well to bring faith into the conversation um, and members of the scientific community have also said this that when we're talking about people having a, a, a conversion or a change of hearts where their relationship with nature is concerned they say we need uh, we need theology and spirituality to have um, the conversation in in those camps not they say we can't do that um so it's it's an interesting um it's just an interesting aspect of the debate the call for faith communities to to inspire people and to move people into into action i guess Mm. I suppose we're looking at it five years down the line. Um, as you know, as you said, it was this this letter was published in 2015. Um, what's changed? What's gone on? What what has actually happened since the Pope published that letter? Um, yeah, well, I suppose a lot has happened internationally, and a lot has happened in Ireland as well. And just to touch on the global picture, first of all, I think across the the global church. Um, there have been many organisations that have been set up to, to promote Laudato Si. Um, I suppose one of the biggest contributions is this acknowledgement of the church teaching on the environment now becoming part of that body of teaching on social justice in the church, that it's been given its place in in the church's uh, social teaching. And... Um, one example of an organization that has come out of this internationally is the global catholic climate movement and it just a, a piece of really good news on their work and uh, part of their work is to encourage catholic institutions around the world to divest from the fossil fuel industry so to take their investments away um, from the fossil fuel injury, industry which is which is uh, driving aspects of this crisis um, and Catholic groups make up one of the the largest groups globally um, that are part of this this divestment um, campaign so that it's a piece of good news and the Irish Bishops Conference are included in in that divestment piece as well as are many congregations uh, from Ireland also um, so that's kind of just one very practical example of, of a piece of activism that's happening and that we can we can be proud of. Um, to, to go more locally, I think um, Ladado C is being taught in schools, in parishes, in universities. Um, and some parishes are doing amazing things around the country, becoming eco parishes um, and really looking at how they can be more sustainable in terms of things like their energy and their recycling, but also bringing care for creation more uh, prominently into their prayer and liturgy um, within the parish as well, um, being an example and, and a witness to, to the community. So I suppose the care for creation um, theme has really blossomed since the data has been published. 
and um, it's still very much in its early stages. It's it's only five years since its publication, but um, there is so much, uh, so many good good news stories and projects happening around the place to to take example from um, as well. Uh, so yeah, lots lots of positivity, and I mean in my work. I meet groups all around the country who are who are doing inspiring things on this issue as well. So um, just to to listen and to learn from those groups is, is part of, of the work. And in terms of, I suppose, in terms of things that people are doing around the country, like um, I suppose when people think about this topic, there's very much you can get slightly overwhelmed by it all. And you're kind yeah. of going, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. And, you know, it's it's it seems to be such a bigger, bigger issue. Um, so I suppose if you were looked at it from the point of view of uh, practical action, like, you know, where, you know, the, you know, where you where if a person listening this morning, just going back to that quote from Pope Francis says, like, interdependence obliges to think of one world with a common plan. Um, and to kind of to look at the mindsets that we have in terms of making decisions about how we live our lives. I suppose, what would be a couple of examples that maybe we could do at the personal level, at maybe the family level, and maybe consider at the parish level in terms of, because of course, the thing about it is we, we, we're, we're parts of wider circles, Mm-hmm. And looking at it from a faith perspective, you know, we have ourselves, we have our families, and obviously we have parishes as well. And sometimes people mightn't think of that one, actually, the parish one, but we'll get to that in a second. So if we can start with the individual and the family, what kind of suggestions or actions um, have people been taking kind of to read, reflect and implement on what Pope Francis has called us to do? Yeah, sure. And, and you know, this issue is overwhelming. And, and to to acknowledge that, the hope part of of this work is is in action and it's on coming together with like-minded people and and ultimately i say to people you know we start with ourselves we have to we we look at our own lives and our own homes um and down to very simple practical things people start with sorting out their recycling um and for some people they might be starting on this journey right there and that's absolutely fine um, because you start with the small things with what you can do, where you are, and and it grows from there. So that, that's a really practical area to start with in the home. Um, looking at our energy use in our homes, um, how we heat our homes, what, um, what bulbs we use, very simple things, doing even a little energy audit of, of our house um, can also be a very practical thing to do. And... Another really um, sort of, I find this quite a powerful initiative, um, the Faith Pollinators Plan, which can be done in home and parish. And this is simply the planting of wildflowers for pollinators like bees, you know, a, a beautiful um, action to to do with, with children, with families and with parish groups. Um, and even going on from there, the, the planting of, of native trees and, and so on. Um, so there's lots of small initiatives um, that, that can be done. And on, on our Troker website, we have 100 ways to implement Ladado C with very practical things um, in the resources section on, on the website as well. Um, and then taken from there, I think this grows once you once you complete those those tasks. You'll want to do more because this is a journey. Um, and looking at our transport, you know, how do I get to school? How do I get to work? 
um depending on where i live can i can i use public transport more more often um and i also say to families and parishes to write to your local tds write to your parish priest like let them know you're concerned about this issue um because we need both we need the small actions and we need our governments and church bodies as well to be aware that this is an issue that concerns us um, as Catholics, as citizens, and we want them to take the urgent action that is needed. Um, so even as, as a family to sit down and to write something like that, or as a parish group, um, you're really taking on a piece of strong activism there, as well as, as getting involved in your in your practical tasks in the household. So I think that's quite a, a bit to get on with in the beginning, and, um, and it does grow from there. And I think speaking with... Um, like-minded people and other groups and other families who are doing similar things and in the local community as well and um, really helps the momentum to keep going um now one of the things one of one of the things that caught our eye on the program is the fact that there is actually a week coming up in may about ladata c's fifth anniversary Yep, absolutely. So this is called Ladado Sea Week. It runs from the 16th of May to the 24th. And the 24th of May is is the anniversary of the publication of Ladado Sea. And, and this year we celebrate five years. And the difference this year is that Pope Francis has asked, he has renewed his call. He's renewed the urgent call um, for care for our common home. Um, he says, there is an urgent need to listen to the cry of the earth, to the cry of the poor. So he has asked for this week to be celebrated by Catholic communities around the world. And there's a website, ladadoseaweek.org, where you can go on there and you can get lots of different ideas about what you might do as a family, as a parish, as a diocese. And there's a global map on that website. And they're asking people to to write in their action, no matter how big or how small it is, so that it will be placed on the map of activities and, and you can see examples that are already there. I suppose with the COVID-19 crisis, this week has changed. It, it was going to be a week where there would be a, a lot of international events and, and we would have, we would certainly have done um, an event somewhere in the country as well. Um, so that is all moving online now in, in, in light of, of the current crisis we are in, but still encourage people to engage with the week in whatever way they can. And we'd love to hear your ideas as well. So if you are doing something in your house to mark Ladada Sea Week, no matter what it is, uh, planting your bee bombs, planting a tree, um, having a little prayer service for creation, um, do register it on that global map, ladadaseaweek.org, so that others can see what you're doing. And we'd love to see the Ireland part of that map full of uh, full of dots as well. Um, so unfortunately, we, we can't engage in it as we would have liked to, but we will. it will still be marked, absolutely, and to encourage people to get involved in that. So I just think, you know, families that might be listening this morning are grandparents that maybe want to encourage their kids and might have a bit of access to the old internet. Um, where, where? give me, if you like, your top four resources where people can go online to get information. Sure. So um, for this week in particular, I'd encourage you to look at uh, ladadoseaweek.org. And there's lots of ideas and resources on there for how you might celebrate this week. So that's definitely the, the first place. Um, I'd also encourage you to look on the Trocro website. 
um, in parish resources on the websites, they have a section on Laudato Si. And in the education section of the website, there's actually lots of activities for children of all ages um, in relation to Laudato Si and, and climate justice. Um, so there's there's plenty of, of very accessible videos for all ages, all ages and worksheets and things like that. So, you know, also families are looking for for activities for children to, mm. to go there. Um, another place I'd encourage people to check out is the Global Catholic Climate Movement website. Um, and this is an international website. It's an international organization inspired and founded as a result of Laudato Sea. Um, and on there, there is it's a minefield of, of information and resources, um, lots of prayerful resources and also ideas around activism and lots of news about how the church is responding to the environmental crisis. So what so was I think, that one again? Sorry, what was the name of that website so, again? So it's the Global Catholic Climate Movement. If you just Google that, it'll it'll come up. Um, the Global Catholic Climate Movement. And there's plenty a lot to be getting on with between those three websites. And on that last website I mentioned, the Global Catholic Climate Movement, you can actually sign the Laudato Sea Pledge and, and you get a newsletter from them and some handy tips and resources. And it's saying, you know, I... I support Laudato Si, um, I want to take action on Laudato Si, um, so just to encourage people there as well. Um, one other place I will send um, people, especially for, for the Irish context, is to Eco Congregation Ireland. Eco Congregation Ireland. Um, this is a, an organisation which is encouraging parishes to become eco-parishes and apply for the eco-parish awards. So you can actually do a, a range of activities. When when we emerge from the COVID-19 crisis, um, that parishes can apply for this award and they're given a list of tasks they have to achieve. It's a bit like um, the Gashka Awards. Yeah. The green flags for the <laughs> and schools. the green flags, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the green flag for parish, really. Um, so in the meantime, people could go on there and just research what it's about and, and see what parishes have done. It's um, it's a really interesting piece of work. And um, again, starting small, it's nothing that's that's not achievable. Um, and all you need is one other person who's passionate uh, to join with you and, and watch how it grows from there. So there's... If you if you delve into those four websites, you'll be get very busy for a, for a while. That's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. Now, from um, a Limerick perspective, just to remind people as well that Bishop Brendan's Lintern Pastoral this year um, was also on Laudato Sea, and it was called "Listening to Nature's Words of Love, Caring for Our Common Home," and that and that's available on the diocesan website. And it also has some of those links listed as resources at the back of it. But I suppose, as well as that, um, Jane, I suppose one thing maybe maybe to say to people as well would be to actually read Laudato Sea. Absolutely, and. Um... One of the interesting projects that emerged during this crisis is um, we did a bit of a Laudato Sea book club online. Um, and if if anyone is interested in that, they can email me. I'll, I'll give you my email address at the end. But um, read Laudato Sea. It's, it's, it's a beautiful document. And, you know, invite some a couple of people to join you. We've done it as a kind of a book club for six weeks, taking a chapter per week. Um 
and it it really it really does take you on a journey um and i think when pope francis you know when he wrote this document he brought together um the world's top climate scientists but also theologians anthropologists sociologists so it's 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 a fascinating journey um through the climate crisis the environmental crisis but also a spiritual journey um in terms of of how we've ended up here and, and where we need to to go um so i would really encourage people to read ladado Okay, Jane, listen, thanks a million. I'm afraid the clock is against us again, against <laughs> this morning. Uh, I, I, I get the distinctive pressure you could talk about this for a long time. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so um, just so just to remind people again, those resources that Jane mentioned, so it's laudatosiweek.org. That's what the main website. And that week is the 16th to the 23rd of May. Then on the Troker website, under either parish resources or education resources. Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of resources on the Troker website, folks, if you've never actually explored it. <laughs> and particularly if for our parents that have kids at home, um, just you know, in terms of getting involved, getting things involved like that, and also maybe looking towards the summer when school is out, but where we may still have some restrictions on us. Maybe we might be able to get back to full things you're looking for things to do with the kids. Then there's the Global Catholic Climate Movement. So if you Google that, it's Global Catholic Climate Movement. A lot of resources there. And then finally, if you want to set up the, the green flag for your parish, if you want to research it so you can come at the PP when all things are lifted again, that's Eco Congregation Ireland. That's Eco Congregation Ireland. Ireland. So they're the they're the they're the four they're the four resources. Jane, we might have you back on again, uh, because yeah. as well as Ladato see, we didn't get to discuss today the document on the Amazon, which I wanted to get you about. Time is against us, sure. and we we'll 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 get you back on again at some stage. Listen, thanks a million for coming on the program this morning. You're very welcome, and thank you. Could I just leave you my email address if anyone wants to get in touch? Um, sure. Is Jane dot m e l l e t t at troker dot org, and happy to have a chat about all things the data sea. Um, if you want to get in touch. Perfect. Thanks a million. Okay, Thanks. John, we'll go out with our next. Pe- we'll, go, we'll finish up this part to the program with our next piece of music, which is "Morning Has Broken" by Judy Collins. Okay, perfect. And we'll come back to part three and when we will have our reflection on the Sunday Gospel. Talk to you then. Sprung in complete. 
So welcome back again to the third part of Common Sea Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shannon Ambrose, the owner of the Skype line. Part of the program where we always read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. So at this point, you might pray the prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture, please, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let let our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today um, is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19 to 31. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. And he said to them, Peace be with you, and showed them his hands in his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And for those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Thomas, called the twin, who was one of the twelve, was not, was not with them when Jesus came. When the disciples said, We've seen the Lord, he answered, Unless I see the holes that the nails made in his hands and can put my finger into the holes they made and unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. Eight days later, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. The doors were closed, but Jesus came in and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he spoke to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Give me your hand. Put it into my side. Doubt no longer but believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You believe because you can see me. Happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. There are many other signs that Jesus worked and the disciples saw, but they're not, reco- but they're not recorded in this book. These are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing this you may have life through his name. So that's the Gospel for today, Shane, the second Sunday in after Easter. Maybe a few thoughts, please? Sure, John. Um, one of the things, actually, I just wanted to say before starting on this morning's Gospel is just to remind people, um, we hear the Gospels spread out over Easter, but it's also to be very conscious of the timeline of things that that's happening. So if you think about it, so Jesus rose on Easter Sunday morning, So then he appeared to the women that went to the tomb. Then he appeared to Mary Magdalene. Then then you had the whole incident with James and John running to the tomb. Then Jesus appeared to the guys on the road to Emmaus. Then while they were on the way back, we just had the account of where he appeared for the first time in the upper room. And then after that, then we know the second, the second, the week later, when Thomas was back in the room, he appeared again. So it's just to be very conscious of just all these things kind of happening on the one day 
around the one time. We spread them out liturgically because they're spread out over different Sundays. But just to, you know, just to people keep that kind of in their heads, like this was all happening very fast. And I think we can kind of very much understand um, and very much place ourselves in that upper room at the moment. I think it's a very fortuitous gospel, maybe. Um, at, that it, we hear it at this time. Because the line that struck me again and again when I was looking at this week was they, the, the, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were. And I was kind of going, oh, wow, okay, that is so speaking to where we are at this moment in time. Now, obviously, at this stage, the, the disciples were afraid. Uh, now they were afraid. The way John describes it, they were, you know, for fear of the Jews, was they were afraid they were going to be attacked. But tr- down through the centuries, Christianity and people have been afraid for many different reasons. And look at us at the moment as a community. Well, we're not so much afraid. What we're doing is we're we're looking out for each other. But it means we're staying inside with locked doors, which can be hard. And I think for me this morning, John, the the, the, the two line, the line that jumped out at me was that one: peace be with you. And I think this morning's gospel is that should, for me, should be the line maybe that people need to hear this morning at the moment. It's a little scary out there at the minute. Let's be honest. You know, um, there's there's the, 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 the amount of people, the tested cases that have been tested and, and the numbers that have died is going up. Um, in Ireland, it's not too bad. But if we look around the world, the United States of America is absolutely terrifying at the moment. But what does the gospel say to you this morning? What is the word that echoes down 2,000 years of history for you to hear today? And it is Jesus said to them, peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, peace be with you. I think, you know, it's it's something that we need to really think about and reflect on this morning, because that peace you know, we need to be open to receiving that peace as well. Um, it's not just that we need to seek it and to seek for that reassurance from God. In moments, and it's you know, in moments of 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 darkness, in moments of of lack of hope, we need to listen to what Jesus is saying to us. And I, you know, one thing we often say on the on the, on the radio program is, the Gospels were not written just two thousand years ago. They speak to us now in the present day as much as they did when they were originally written. And it's interesting. I like Thomas. Not many people do, but I like Thomas because Thomas is a modern man. And you know why? Because he's looking for what he wants to see in front of him. He, I'd say Thomas and, Char- and, 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 and Richard Dawkins would get on well in the sense that, uh, you know, the, the people that turn around and try to say that, well, you have to prove the existence of God. You have to be rational about things. There's nothing rational about faith in one sense. You know, you cannot define faith in the sense of the modern scientific method. You cannot define God and prove that he exists scientifically because you cannot define him for the modern scientific method. You can't define God because God is the creator of all things. So how can something that's created prove the creation of the creator? And it's something that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like Thomas. He's, 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 he's a saint who expresses... The, the doubts that we all have. Like, could you imagine? You were out, and you came back, and the lads are sitting around, and they're having a pint, right? And they turn around, and they say to you, we saw the boss. 
and you're kind of going, ah, here now, lads, we buried him three days ago. What are you talking about? And they'll tell you, we saw him. We saw the marks on his body. He was as sure as you're standing there. He was standing in front of us. Wouldn't you be like Thomas? You know, and sometimes we call him Doubting Thomas. And sometimes that's almost um, an insult, if you like. And I'm kind of thinking, well, no, actually. It's, 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 it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have questions. One of the saints that we're going to be celebrating next week is St. Anselm. And as I said, the first part of the program, he's famous for having defined theology as faith-seeking understanding and understanding-seeking faith. Never be afraid of the doubts that you have. Never seek to brush them under the carpet. Embrace them. Question them. We're given, we're given our reason. We're given our intellect. That's a gift from God. That's there for a reason. But we're also given the gift of faith. And on this Easter Sunday, this low Sunday, it's Easter Sunday because we're still in the octave, listen to what Jesus is saying to you. Peace be with you. Thanks for that, Shane. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, just a final word. I know we're right up against the time, but uh, my own little thought on that. Our friend Thomas again. Thomas wanted to know if it was the real Jesus. This is the thought that came to me. He wanted to see the wounds in the hands and side of Jesus. This would convince Thomas that this was the real Jesus. We could ask ourselves today, is the real Jesus, is, is the Jesus we follow the real Jesus? Do we sit... Do we get to know Jesus through maybe his word in the Gospels? Do we meet him in other people? Is the Jesus we know alive, the real Jesus? Does the Jesus I follow encourage me, give me hope, give me peace? Or is the Jesus I follow, does he fill me with fear and uncertainty and no hope and so on and so forth? Today, maybe let's leave this, leave this, this program today with a thought that we want to follow the real Jesus, the, the, the Jesus who is fully alive and as Shane said, gives us peace and gives us hope and gives us love. So with that, we better go for our final piece of music. What else will we do? Limit Gospel Choir. Oh, happy day. So until next week, for myself and Shane, God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. I went way over.